the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Another Al Gatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. We've got a great show for you tonight. A uh, guest that's going to be joining us uh, later this hour. And I'll get into this song in just a second. First, how can you follow me the, uh, uh, very easily on Twitter? Easy for me to say. At Al Gatulo. Instagram at Gatulo. That's G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O. Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast. Via email at albertg at nycradio.com, iTunes, Google Podcasts. You just do a search for AG Crep Beer Cast. You can find the shows on those two platforms. iHeartRadio, Odyssey as well. Um, I think we're Alexa ready as well. Hopped Up Network. Head over to thehoppedupnetwork.com. Uh, and uh, usually a few minutes after the show is over, and you can click and listen to the podcast whenever you feel like it. Now, that music... Brand new, Alex Lifeson, Rush, new band. It's called Envy of None. Uh, it's a collaboration between Lifeson, bassist Andy Curran, singer-songwriter uh, Maya Wynn, and producer Alfio Annabellini. Uh, that is called Liar, is the name of the single. Uh, the uh, self-titled debut LP will be coming out on April 8th. So that is Liar. Um, Lifeson's been working on music on the music over the past few years since the end of Rush. Credits the addition of Win for giving voice to the side project. Um, he says, "I've never had that kind of inspiration of working with another musician. When we say she's special, it's because she's really bleep and special." Uh, the album boasts a pair of songs, Kabul Blues and Spy House, that Lifeson previously released as instrumentals this past summer. Tracks that marked his first new music in nearly a decade. Envy of None also closes out with Western Sunset, a track that Lifeson penned as a tribute to his late Rush bandmate, Neil Peart. So very cool. So this is coming out April 8th. Definitely want to check this out. And um, if they tour, and I assume that Alex is going to want to tour, um, I will go see them if they are in the New York area. I know people have speculated, why don't you know Getty and Alex get together and get another drummer? And It's not the same. It's just not the same. You know, there are certain bands, you lose somebody, um, you know, whatever. You, you replace them and you move on. But Rush is one of those iconic groups that at this point, you just can't replace that guy. You know what I mean? I know the Eagles did it with Glenn Fry. I know that a number of people, a number of bands have done it. Um, this is different. They're a three-piece that they're a three-piece. And if they're not going to be a three-piece, then you can't have that music anymore. You just can't. You know, Getty's going to do his own thing. He released a solo album. 
Um, you know, Alex is going to do his own thing, and I'm okay with that. I don't want to hear an iteration of Rush that doesn't have Neil Peart in it and essentially somebody says it's a Rush cover band. That's not what I want. And, yes, you can make the argument about Journey being a cover band or Foreigner being a cover band, but it's different. It really, To me, it's different. And if you're a fan of Rush, you'll know why. Now, coming up in 20 minutes, Chris Tout, the founder and CEO of Vinespring. We're going to be talking about beer clubs. Is that still a thing? Now, he runs a number of different winery, brewery, um, and distillery clubs. But Chris is going to chat about what some of the better ones are and a lot more and what it takes to run a beer club and the fact that it might be easier for a brewery to have a beer club than you might expect. So we'll talk to Chris in about 20 minutes uh, and learn all about that. Now, the biggest names in brewing gathering once again on February 12th, that's next month, for the 11th annual Great Beer Expo. It's a pay-one-price beer-tasting extravaganza. It's going to showcase more than 50 breweries, hometown Jersey favorites, award-winning American craft breweries, and international trend centers. The expo is held at the Meadowlands Exposition Center, which is located at 355 Plaza Drive in Secaucus. Expo offers two sessions, an afternoon one from 1230 to 4, and then an evening one from 530 to 9. You can get your tickets at greatbeerexpo.com. <coughs> Excuse me. According to the event promoter, Andy Calamano, uh, the owner of event producer Starfish Junction, he says the um, a limited number of tickets will be sold. This is not going to be a crowded event. Once it's sold out, that's it. Um, so um, they're going to try and keep the crowd small because of COVID. Um, it's a whole football-themed party. It's the biggest tailgate party because obviously the Super Bowl is that weekend um, on Sunday. So there's going to be a, a variety of football-themed entertainment, a quarterback football toss, a cornhole challenge, a sports memorabilia silent auction, a marching band, and more. Attendees are encouraged to wear their favorite team's football jersey, pose for an on-site team photo. Um, they will also offer free educational beer seminars. Again, greatbeerexpo.com uh, to buy your tickets. Two sessions, 1230 to 4 and 5.30 to 9 p.m. The tickets are $55 each from purchase in advance. Um, they did not say what it would be like at the door. Designated driver tickets available for 15 bucks. All attendees, including designated drivers, must be 21 and older. Present valid photo ID for admission. Um, you get a souvenir tasting cup, two-ounce samples of any of the beers present at the expo. Uh, they did say you also must be either fully vaccinated or you must show a negative COVID test within a particular time frame. I think it's 48 hours. Um, I could be wrong. Check the Great Beer Expo website. Uh, for more. Actually, oh no, excuse me. Full proof of vaccination or proof of a negative COVID-19 PCR test performed by a medical provider within 72 hours of the event. So if it's a rapid, they're not letting you in. PCR, they will let you in. And they're also helping to raise funds for Kids Need, uh, need More. Uh, learn more about that, kidsneedmore.org. Cape Beverage Distributing, pleased to announce a collaboration brew between two of its partners, Hitting shelves this month, uh, Cape May and Pennsylvania's Workhorse Brewing Company. They're coming out with their own versions of a cold IPA. Uh, it is called Cut from the Same Cloth. It is a 7% cold IPA dry hopped with Citra, Brew One, and Racal. Uh, beginning Monday, January 24th, which is tomorrow, which I believe is tomorrow. Um, cut from the same cloth will be distributed throughout New Jersey and eastern Pennsylvania from each respective brewery. Both breweries will release their versions in their tasting rooms. They did that already this past Friday, the 21st. 
uh, for a limited time, but then you can get it in stores. Uh, again, cut from the same cloth, a 7% cold IPA. Interesting. I'll have to see if uh, it is in one of my neighborhood stores. Pick that up and give it a try. The folks at Russian River, uh, who always release Piney the Younger, uh, around February, the first Friday in February, have postponed it due to COVID. Uh, unfortunately, and this is according to them, not only is Sonoma County experiencing a record-shattering spike in COVID cases and increased hospitalizations, they're in the midst of their own internal surge. Since the week before Christmas, 20 Russian River uh, employees have tested positive for COVID, several more out sick or in quarantine due to exposure. First week of January 2022, they were forced to close both brew pubs for several days. The first week offering limited menus and reduced hours due to the lack of staffing. It's unprecedented. On January 12th, Sonoma County issued a new health order banning large gatherings and asking residents to stay at home for the next 30 days. The new health order takes us well into our upcoming Pliny the Younger release. So because of that, they have decided to move the event of releasing Pliny the Younger to March 25th through April 7th of this year. Um, the beer is brewed the first week of January. It's kegged in February for distribution to our wholesale accounts beginning the week of February 7th. So there's still a chance to drink younger at many of their Russian River brew, uh, uh, Brewing Company draft accounts in California, Oregon, Colorado, and Philadelphia. Bottles will not be available for distribution. Uh, they apologize uh, for any inconvenience that people have booked flights or hotels or whatever. They have confirmed that most of the hotels with special younger rates will honor the new date. So if you have... Um, if you've already booked and you can rearrange your flight, the hotels or some of them in that area will um, honor those specials. So, listen, we're in this day and age where nothing is for certain. And so a lot of times you're going you're gonna to see things are changing. Um, I was supposed to go see Eddie Van Halen's son and his band Mammoth at the beginning of February. They decided to postpone part of their tour due to the COVID cases, and they moved the date to the same night that Judas Priest is playing at Prudential, so I can't go. Um, I got a refund for my tickets, which I was actually shocked that I got a refund. I was expecting to not get a refund. But um, this is what happens, and I think we have to be prepared for it. And so kudos to the folks at Russian River. Look, they don't have the personnel. They're asking people to stay home and not have large gatherings. So rather than buck the trend, they decided to play it smart, move it a couple of months, and the beer will still be there. Smart move. And then finally, an uptick in excessive drinking. Actually, you know what? I'm going to hold this for the next break because we're running out of time here on this first break. I'll, we'll talk about this in our next break. How increased drinking during the pandemic projected to cause more disease and death. So a lot of people that used alcohol to cope with their problems during COVID-19 because of the fact that they had been staying home um, and isolated. And we're seeing this even now. Uh, we're trying to get back to normal. But what is that new normal, right? What is it? What can we do about it? Um, I have some thoughts about it. We'll talk about it in our next break, uh, along with a lot of other beer news. Um, you know, it's important. It's important to bring up these discussions because it's easy to just say, ah, you know what, screw it, I'll just have a beer, maybe three, five. But in the long run, is it really a good thing? Probably not, at least in my opinion. We'll talk about that and a lot more beer news coming up next on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer.
Welcome back to the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Yeah, we kept it Rush theme for the show because Alex Lifeson's got a new album that's coming out in April. Uh, definitely going to check that out uh, when it comes out in just a few months. I believe it is in April that they're coming out. Now, we got a lot of beer news to get to, so I'm going to dive right in. Uh, new York City Beer Week back, 10 days of in-person beer-centric events. That kicks off, and I mentioned this before, on February 26th, Saturday, February 26th, the return of the opening bash, the very best and beeriest party in the city. Now, it's a new location this year. It was at the Brooklyn Expo. Uh, however, it will be at the Brooklyn Fish Transfer, which is on 2nd and Front Avenue, uh, just a, uh, just a, like a block or two away from the Brooklyn Navy Yard. So uh, here's the deal. The general admission is from 2 to 5 p.m., Tickets include entry, unlimited sampling, a souvenir sampling glass, access to the specialty food vendors, and the chance to meet and greet your favorite brewers. Now, if you want to upgrade that to the early access, that's from 12.30 to 5 p.m. So you get an hour and a half, um, which includes all the benefits of, of uh, general admission, plus an additional hour and a half of early entry along with access to special exclusive pours from our attending brewery. So if you get the the, the better ticket, I guess you get better access to beer. I am going to be there. It is going to be fantastic. This is put on by the New York City Brewers Guild. Um, All the proceeds go to help out the Brewers Guild. It is awesome. So, again, Saturday, February 26th, 2 to 5 p.m. is general admission. Early access is from 1230 to 5. It's at the Brooklyn Fish Transfer on 2nd and Front Avenue uh, in Brooklyn, New York. Good stuff there. Hopefully we'll have some more information on that um, as the uh, weeks go by. New York City Brewed. Uh, if you want to look them up uh, for tickets, uh, it's an event, uh, uh, Human Ticks. So it's it's a long um, it's a long URL. I will tweet it out uh, during the show here, and we'll try and post it on the Facebook page uh, as well. Coming up in 10 minutes, Chris Tout. He's the founder and CEO of Vinespring. We're going to be talking about beer clubs, uh, among other things, uh, in just about, just about 10 minutes from now. Now, this past week, Governor Murphy signed into law legislation creating the New Jersey Brewery Cidery, Metering, and Distillery Industry Advisory Council and Promotion Account. The bill is similar to programs that are currently underway in states like Pennsylvania and what New Jersey wineries currently enjoy. The advisory council established in the bill would be comprised of seven members, including two from the state's craft brewery industry, and the advisory council would advise the New Jersey Division of Travel and Tourism on expenditures from a new account for research, development, and promotion of the New Jersey Brewery Cidery, Metering, and Distillery Industries. Their estimates, the, uh, the Brewers Guild says, over $300,000 could be dedicated to the account from taxes collected on the production of craft beer in New Jersey alone based on the latest available production numbers from the Brewers Association, uh, the National um, uh, Guild. So this is really cool. This is a great thing that is going to help brewers out. Uh, there's an advisory council. They'll figure out where they're going to spend their money from ad dollars and things of that nature to promote uh, craft beer, cidery, meadery, as well as distilleries. This is awesome. Kudos to Governor Murphy for signing the bill, and kudos to those members of the state legislature that voted on passing this. The other thing that Governor Murphy signed uh, this past week, apparently local governments in New Jersey will now have the option to let people drink in public. The governor signed an open container law uh, back on uh, Tuesday uh, that grants municipalities the ability to designate certain outdoor areas where folks 21 and older can drink alcoholic beverages. It could be a section of downtown, a park, or the entire community, local governments would have to hold public hearings first before making a change. I think this is more for the shore, Atlantic City and things of that nature, Wildwood, uh, Cape May, whatever, 
as opposed to towns in northern New Jersey, but it's now on the books that your local government could pass a law that would allow it. We'll see what happens. I think it's I think it's going to be mainly confined uh, to the short towns. That's just my opinion on that one. Uh, our mutual friend Brewing proud to announce that they've been selected as the winner of the twelfth annual uh, as a winner, excuse me, of the twelfth annual Good Food Awards. OMF's Zappa Weirding Way, recognized in the beer category, uh, the Good Food Awards celebrates American food and drink crafters uh, who demonstrate a commitment to creating tasty, authentic, and responsible products to better the nation's food system. Very cool. Kudos to our friends over at OMF. Heavy Seas Beer, excited to announce um, the next release from its 15-barrel brew house, Juice Cannon Key Lime Pie. That's an exciting twist on their flagship IPA Loose Cannon. It is available now in four packs of 16-ounce cans. Uh, it is a hazier, juicier counterpart to Loose Cannon. So that's Juice Cannon Key Lime Pie. You can get that wherever you see Heavy Seas Beer. Ross Brewing has dropped a new one all over New Jersey and New York. Double-edged, their 8.4% passion fruit, double dry hop passion fruit New England IPA, loaded up with double the amount of citra and strata. It's a tropical juice bomb, hazy, delicious. It's, the, as they say, the perfect Ross beer to cut your teeth in if you haven't tried one yet. Tropical notes explode from this hazy and juicy beer. They've only accentuated uh, by the addition of passion fruit in the fermenter. Look for it in stores and on tap uh, right now. Uh, and, of course, available on taproom beer for home delivery if you live in New York. So kudos to the folks from Ross Brewing. And uh, we're going to get John Cacosa back on the program very soon uh, to uh, talk about when the brewery is actually going to open. It's coming. It's coming. It's just not there yet. Um, U2's Bono and The Edge have invested in an Irish craft brewery. Wicklow Wolf Brewing, an Irish craft brewery in County Wicklow, uh, founded by Quincy Fenley and Simon Lynch in 2014, inspired by the American craft beer scene uh, they enjoyed while living in San Francisco for a few years, Fenley returned to Ireland where he set up the brewery, a business that is at least partially funded by investors, three of them, of course, prominent rock stars. Now, um, two of them we know, obviously, it's Bono and the Edge. According to the currency, U2's Bono and the Edge invested 327,000 pounds in the brewery. Uh, Hosier... Uh, I don't know his first name. He's a Wicklow native, invested almost 110,000 uh, pounds. Locally rooted in eco-conscious Wicklow Wolf Brewing, also has its own hop, hop farm located on the glacial slopes of uh, Dejouse Mountain. I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong. In the Wicklow Hills, which currently grows eight varieties of hops at an altitude of 1,000 feet. So the boys in U2 have their own Irish craft brewery. Very cool. New Belgium Brewing and Imperfect Foods announced the release of Citrus Rescue IPA. It's a fruited 6.5% IPA brewed, listen to this, using oranges that may not be perfect by society's narrow beauty standards due to little scars and blemishes, but are just as adorable, healthy, and delicious. The two companies, both certified B corporations, came together to make this first-of-its-kind beer with the goal of educating beer drinkers about the state of our broken food system, working to change the perception around the aesthetics of food and encouraging more people to take steps to reduce food waste in their own lives. So they used approximately 35,000 imperfect oranges from imperfect food supply chain of farmers. The beer dry hop with citra, lotus, and mosaic hops to amplify those citrus flavors uh, for a, tang a tangy orange creamsicle-like experience. That's very cool. So more information on this, newbelgianbrewing.com. So basically they take the fruit that farmers would not be able to sell uh, and you know maybe they give it away to food banks. We see that in New Jersey, um, Screaming Hill, a brewery has done that with some of their crop. 
uh, to various organizations. Um, but they're using, uh, New Belgium is using these, you know, bruised and damaged fruits into their beer. Very cool. I'd like to see more brewers doing this because, listen, these fruits are still good. Maybe they're not for sale, but you could still use them in your product. And if they're giving them away, you're recycling a product that you're getting for free. Pretty smart. Uh, New York City's annual restaurant week has begun, unlike last year. Indoor dining back instead of COVID-induced takeout, but you still can get takeout. Uh, more than 480 restaurants in all five boroughs participating, offering two-course lunches for $29 and $39, three-course dinners for $59. It's going on through February 13th. So this is going on for almost a month. Lots of new eateries participating, plus some of New York's best-known restaurants, including the Russian Tea Room, Tavern on the Green, and Sylvia's in Harlem. That's awesome news. Support those restaurants in New York City. It is very important for their bottom line. And I know David Burke's Tavern uh, in New York City up in the 60s just reopened for the first time in uh, in a very long time. So uh, kudos to celebrity chef David Burke on getting that back open again. I know we were going to talk about the uptick in excessive drinking. I'm going to table that for next week's program because we're running out of time here in this segment. Um, and our interview with Chris Tout, which is coming up next, the founder and CEO of Vinespring, who's going to join me on the program, goes a little long. So we'll touch on those things next week. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, you can follow me very easily on Twitter at Algatulo, Instagram at Gatulo, that's G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast. Of course, iTunes and Google Podcasts, you just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You can find the shows on those platforms, iHeartRadio, Odyssey.com, uh, or of course, you can head over to the Hopped Up Network. Uh, at thehoppedupnetwork.com. You can download and listen to the podcast version of this show. Usually Monday mornings, a few minutes after the show ends, I post the podcast version of this show, and you can listen to it at your leisure. And I wasn't going to make this week a rush theme, but I decided to, since Alex Lifeson is going to be putting out his own uh, solo project come April. Um, they've already released a single uh, to that, so I figured, why not? Let's do a whole rush theme show, because I miss those guys, and um, they are not getting back together. So, uh We'll have to deal with it, and we'll have to deal with the memories. Now, my next guest, he is the CEO and founder of Vinespring. They help wineries, breweries, and distilleries manage clubs, accept online orders, capture in-person payments, and so much more. For more info, just go over to vinespring.com. Let me welcome onto the Craft Beer Cast for the first time, uh, Chris Tout. Chris, how are you? I'm great, Al. Thank you for having me. You know, uh, my pleasure, Chris. Uh, as some stories go, and they sometimes start with a change, in your case... It was meeting the woman who would eventually become your wife, and she owned a winery. You thought, oh, come on, selling wine to a bar, restaurant, to people, it's got to be easy. But that wasn't the case that you found out. Was that the impetus for creating Vinespring? It was, yeah. we 15 years ago, I met my now wife, Ellie. <clears throat> Ellie owns, continues to own the Durrell Vineyard out in Sonoma, California, and, um, you know, when, when I moved from Colorado, great beer making state, Colorado, out mm -hmm. to um, California, I was introduced into the wine industry and uh, started helping her sell her, her wine product. Um, and, you know, technology is a wonderful way to 
eliminate manual steps to save you time on, you know, being able to focus on the things you really want to be doing. And so I have a computer science degree actually from Colgate University in upstate New York. And uh, so why why don't I put that to use and start working on a platform? And so, and so, speaking of breweries, though, Chris, um, and I know there are a number, obviously, out in Sonoma, but obviously, Sonoma is known for more its wine than anything else. But if I, what is the benefits from creating a beer club for a, for a brewery? Uh, you know, if I'm a small brewery, what's the benefit for me by creating a beer club? Well, so I a little a little history, I think, will help. Um, and you, you mentioned coming into the, the wine space in your initial question, like finding, selling alcohol, selling wine direct to consumer. I was amazed at how difficult it is. Mm. Well, now that I've been in the winery space for 12, 13, 14 years, I, uh, look at the beer space and go, Oh my goodness, I cannot believe how difficult it is to sell beer. And it's so much easier to make beer than it is wine in the sense that you have a shorter brewing cycle. You can crank out bigger volumes much more easily than you can wine. Mm -hmm. And so uh, being able to uh, garner some type of special relationship with your customers as a small producer, whether it's wine or beer, is critical, in my opinion, to the longevity of the company, to um, building your customer base, creating creating customers who want to keep coming back and buying your product. And a club or a membership platform of some type becomes a key to um, knowing that you're going to have recurring sales, that you're going to be able to sell out that new batch you've created, and to connecting with customers on some type of special level. Maybe you're producing a beer that uh, is in very limited quantities that only club members get. So, you know, as you start cre- letting the, the craft, letting the beer that you're creating shine your personality, whatever you're you know, your ethos is for your company, customers will connect with that and they'll want to, again, in the wine business, I think this has been proven, they want to connect with something more like family, more membership-based. And I think a club really helps to uh, give you a conduit, uh, you know, to be able to build that build that membership base. We're talking with Chris Towdy. He's the CEO and founder of a club which helps wineries, breweries, and distilleries manage clubs, accept online orders, capture in-person payments, and much more. Uh, for more information on that, you can just go to vinespring.com. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. So, Chris, are you seeing that a lot of breweries that you approach for business say to you, well, look, it's too much for me to handle. I'm juggling 10 different things. I'm trying to get the, uh, I'm trying to get the beer made. I'm trying to get a can packaged and get it out there. What do you do to convince that owner that this is another opportunity to make more profit, which, look, let's face it, it's great to be able to make beer and wine and whiskey and all that other stuff, but at the end of the day, when you're opening a business, you're in it to make money. Yeah, you're in it to sell that product so that you can do it one more time, and and just like many small businesses, you're living, you're not making a profit uh, for some time. So building building that, that revenue stream is critical. And in the beer industry, I think... There's wonderful ideas that the wine industry could learn from, but 
the wine industry with their with their tried and true clubs, I think the beer industry could learn from too. So, um, you know, it's really um, having the software platform that helps you to grow it because your time's so limited. Here's here's what I find when I walk into tap rooms in California. Mm-hmm. Often I find, especially small crowd, you know, small business right. tap rooms. Often they have an Excel spreadsheet or a piece of paper behind the, uh, you know, by the cash register or something, something that really is um, not scalable. It's not, it's not saving them time. And, and so uh, what I, what I often see is they're struggling with the club. They're struggling with the membership program. Maybe it's just a mug club and people are getting 20 ounce pours instead of 16 ounce pours. Um, looking up that name, seeing if they're active, um, is their payment on file still working? All that stuff takes time. So uh, I—that's the goal of Vine Spring is to is to help eliminate those um, those time-consuming steps. So basically, your company streamlines the process for, say, a brewery so that they don't have to go through all of that. They know with a couple of keystrokes or uh, whether they're using uh, some type of POS system, which most are using at this point, how to track those members in that club, what they're doing, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly right, because how do you know what discount to give somebody if you can't look them up really quickly? And so we're partners with Square, for example, the point-of-sale system Square. And um, Square's wonderful in its simplicity, but it's, a difficult platform to work with, especially if you're running a club, because it's very limited in the amount of customer information that you can surface at the point of sale. Mm-hmm. Well, COVID and through the pandemic, Square and other companies like Square, they've invested a lot to improve the uh, connectivity to third-party platforms, the the ability for people to place orders via the web and pick up at the doorstep. Um, you know, all the all the things that we've seen in these past few years, companies, Square and other companies like them have really invested heavily in. And so VineSpring is pushing club information to the Square platform so that you can come in and quickly look up a customer and know exactly how much have they bought from you? How long have they been a member? Is their membership current? Is their payment on file um, up to date, um, et cetera? Talking with Chris Tout, he's the CEO and founder of VineSpring. They help wineries, breweries, and distillery manage uh, clubs, accept online orders, capture in-person payments, and so much more. For more information, just go over to VineSpring.com. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. So I'm going to put you on the spot here, Chris. It's not really a tough question, but your favorite style of beer to drink? I, I hate to say I'm an IPA guy. Okay. I don't have to hate like to say I it. Followed the masses for a while, but <laughs> hey, I'm out here in Pliny Country, right? Ah. I got Russia River Brewing Company down there, down the way. So a triple IPA is even even better. Oh, uh, that's getting good. up toward those wine wine alcohol levels. <laughs> right, exactly. Oh no, that's great. And when you're in Pliny Country, I mean, you have to go with the IPA. There's no question. So, last question for me, Chris. In your opinion. Given the uncertainty with COVID-19, and it's been wrecking small businesses left and right uh, over the last two years, what are businesses that you deal with directly looking for in 2022? I mean, COVID has been a huge opportunity for direct-to-consumer, right? Where, right? where breweries who are dependent on their tap rooms had to pivot quickly to, you know, like the, the curbside pickup. Right. Um, 
you know, some quite a few wineries who are already in that direct consumer space, their sales went up, not just a little dramatically up. And so helping these small uh, other other businesses get online, sell direct to consumer and recognize in the beer space, recognize that, um, you know, there's at my last count, 22 states that allow intrastate shipping, shipping within their own state. Right. There's 22 states. So embracing, um, like, for example, the brewery has, uh, you know, the brewery in Orange County, uh, B-R-U-E-R-Y. Okay. The brewery, they have a, um, what is it, Black Tuesday. Right. That's Once correct. a year release, uh, uh, Cascade, is a bourbon Cascade ale that is a once-year release. Those guys, when they release that beer, are doing literally hundreds and hundreds of orders a minute. And it's all direct-to-consumer. It's all online. So in the beer space, it's it's coming up to speed with that direct-to-consumer model that can help within the taproom but also buoy the business outside of the taproom for people who connect with the brand, with the people, with with the message of, what those craft producers are trying to get out there. Mm. And on a technology side, it's connectivity. It's being able to use best of breed systems. Um, so the best point of sale that, you know, your you and your staff love the best club management software that, you know, helps you to realize the type of club that you want to create the best uh, customer relationship management software for, Maybe automated marketing and automated messaging that's getting out there that's personalized and and uh, just on point. So there's there's so much there to to unravel. But in general, it's um it's it's getting in bed with technology that you know taking a chance on some some technology that you think you've heard about, you've been reluctant to use, um, but you've got good people who can who can help you get it up and running and. And also, you know, something like VineSpring is a month-to-month platform. We're not looking for annual contracts. Um, Square, super easy to set up and try. It's almost free of charge because there's no monthly cost um, except for the transaction cost. So just getting out there and trying some of this stuff um, might really open up doors that you didn't know existed uh, for, for your business. My guest has been Chris Towdy. He's the CEO and founder of VineSpring. They help wineries, breweries, and distilleries manage clubs, accept online orders, capture in-person payments, and much more. For more information on them, just head over to VineSpring.com. Chris, thanks so much for joining me tonight. Very much appreciate it. Thanks for your time, Al. You got it. Anytime. Uh, up next, time for Suds and Duds on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. <laughs> Segment of the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. And uh, again, I wasn't planning on doing a whole Rush retrospective, but it turned out that way. So a uh, little free will there as uh, we go on our final segment 
of uh, the Craft Beer Cast, which as always is Suds and Duds. How can you follow me? Very easily on Twitter, at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O. Uh, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast via email at albertg at nycradio.com. Uh, iTunes, Google Podcasts, of course, do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You'll find the shows on those platforms. Alexa Ready as well, iHeartRadio, and of course, uh, Odyssey.com, and of course, the Hopped Up Network, the great folks at the Hopped Up Network.com. You just go over there. There is a lot of other uh, different podcasts that you can, including mine, that you can download and listen to at your leisure. Good stuff. Let us dive into Suds and Duds. Uh, a lot of it has to do with Samuel Adams. Um, a couple of months ago, uh, my God, a couple of months ago. Yeah, it was November, right? Um, they sent me a bunch of their um, Oktoberfest and winter beers, and I finally got around while I was off for the holidays, um, finally got around to uh, sampling them. Sometimes it's tough. You know, I don't like to imbibe during the week, um, and I don't like to just open up a bottle of something have a sip or two and then, you know, drain pour the rest of it because it's just it's not fair to the brewer who has actually spent the time to put that beer in a bottle. Um, so I, I try to save it for the weekends where I can, you know, have a little bit more and indulge a little bit uh, and not have to worry about, um, you know, waking up at the hour that I wake up uh, five days a week while I'm on the Joe Piscopo show. So, you know, listen, the morning game is not for everybody. And when you get older... Um, there's a certain discipline that you have to follow. I mean, when I was, uh, when I was much younger, um, and working in radio and I had to get up very early in the morning, yeah, sometimes you burn the candle at both ends because you know that you're young and you can recover. Uh, but now, you know, (laughs) almost 30 years in this business, uh, I get tired much quicker now and I don't like to be that tired. I want to be awake and refreshed and you know, it's worked. Believe me, it's taken a long time to have that discipline. But anyway, let us dive in. Samuel Adams' Oktoberfest. Yes, I know. Oktoberfest, it's January. I get it. Uh, but I have to tell you, this version, better than I thought. Now, I, I had it sitting in the fridge for a while, uh, full disclosure. I think they had sent it to me uh, somewhere in September, uh, September, October. And, they, you know, they they have those notches on the bottle where they tell you drink by date. So it's still within the drink by date. Um, but I have to tell you. Not a bad Oktoberfest from Sam Adams. Definitely one that if it was on tap somewhere, I, I would definitely have it. And then that got me thinking because I saw a menu at a restaurant somewhere down in Atlantic City that had someone else's version of Oktoberfest on tap. And I'm thinking, why would you have that still on tap at this point? And and I get it. It's not a restaurant that actually is people are coming in to have the craft beer. It's kind of an accompaniment to your whatever it is that you're eating. And more often than not, you're probably drinking wine. Um, but it was one of those things. I'm like, all right, you know what? You can have an Oktoberfest now. I mean, it's not that big a deal. And I know that this is, you know, a lot of people say this. Why do they bring out Oktoberfest beers in, in August? And the reason why is because they've got to get it out there so they can get those three months of, of people buying them and drinking them during that period. And if they don't, they're going to be way far behind. You're still going to have beer uh, much later. That's the bottom line. Uh, then when uh, with their Jacko version of Samuel Adams, this is their pumpkin ale, um, for me, a bit too much on the spice. It's a good dessert beer, but I really could only drink one of these. Um, and I know that this is usually in a variety pack, which is great. Um, but definitely, that's something. It's it's one of those one off for me's, uh, and and that's it because it's just a little, it's just a little too much on the spice. That's the only reason. Uh, then Samuel Adams did a um, a reunion IPA. 
Um, I wrote here because I have fat fingers, sift on untapped. You can follow me on untapped at Catullo. But I actually meant to write soft. Uh, it needed more bite. It was really, to me, it's a weak representation of a West Coast IPA if that's what they were going for. If they were going for a New England IPA, they totally missed the mark. I have a feeling this was a um, a West Coast IPA that kind of got away from them. Like I said, it definitely needed uh, some more bite to it if it was going to be a West Coast IPA, bottom line. Uh, the Sam Adams Holiday White Ale, I have to say this was my favorite of the bunch so far of the ones that I had. Creamy, nice flavor. Um, you know, you don't see many people doing a white ale, so this was, this was really a nice change of pace for me, um, and I, I actually enjoyed it. I think that's the one that I really drank. I think I drank the whole thing. The other ones I got about halfway down, and then I, and then I poured them out. And I know I said, you know, you shouldn't do that. But if after three, it's kind of my, my neighbor, uh, Greg, and I have, have this three-sip rule. You don't judge a beer until after the third sip, because that's really when your palate is really catching all of the flavors. If after the third sip, it's not worth it for you, you don't like it, don't continue to drink it. For me, it's empty calories, and I'm fat enough, so I'd rather... I'd rather get rid of it and put it aside after the third sip. And believe me, it's not just a little dainty sip. It's a sip. So, you know, at that point, you're drinking about half the beer. If you can't figure out if you like the beer after drinking half of it, um, chances are you probably don't like it. Now, I have been on the, I, I should say, on the bandwagon of English Milds. I love a good English Mild. Not a lot of brewers do them. Um, they're very low ABV. They're dark, which a lot of people get turned off by. Don't know why. Dark beers are great. They don't have to be super strong. And English Miles, bingo, not strong. Usually somewhere in the 4% range, sometimes even less, sometimes uh, under 4. Um, but right around 4. If it's anything above 4, it's not, a, it's not an English Mild anymore. Icarus did one called Yonder. Very good English Mild, and I had no idea that Jason would make one. This is delicious. It was really good. In fact, Jason, if you're listening... You got to come on the show. I, I know you guys had your uh, your five year anniversary party last week, uh, which I missed. It's too cold for me to go out. I'm sorry. I'm uh, as I get older, I get, I find I like cold weather less and less and less. But uh, bottom line, I got to get Jason on the show. He's never been on the program in the six years that we're doing this show. Um, it's time. It's time uh, for him to be on this program. Yonder is a fantastic beer. Uh, very happy that I picked that up. I picked that up at Nosvino in uh, Westfield, New Jersey. And then I had the Together as One uh, by Icarus. And to me, this was a close-to-perfect New England IPA. Hit all the marks, delicious, uh, very much enjoyed that one. It was definitely one that went down uh, incredibly smooth. Um, Grateful Jams by Brick City, which I had on tap over at Paragon Tap and Table. Great place to have food and drink, located right off of Exit 135 in beautiful Clark, New Jersey. It's in the Target uh, parking lot. Uh, a great place. Love those guys. Uh, they always do a great job. Good hop, a good hop. Slightly juicy on this one. A lot of stuff. Every almost everything that Bricks does uh, for me. At least ninety eight percent of what Bricks does, I love. And I have to get back over to that tap room one of these days. Excuse me, I'm hitting my microphone here. Uh, Source came out with another Kolsch. This is fantastic. Uh, the Kolsch beer by Source. I could crush this beer all day. It's a fantastic brew. Um, just just well made. They do a great job with the tra- traditional stuff. They have to come out with the um, – they've got to come back out with the, the Kolsch thing that they did in June of last year uh, with the stange and the flange and the, and the whole, you know, little pours or whatever, and you, you're drinking them. I mean, that was a lot of fun. 
Uh, I would love to see them come back out with that again uh, for the summertime. That was great. Speaking of which, the Samantha Brown show, uh, if you didn't get a chance to see it yet, it was on PBS this weekend. Um, What is it? Samantha Brown's Places to Go. Let me see. Samantha. I'm typing this in here. Samantha Brown. Places to Love. That's it. Uh, Source was featured on Samantha Brown's Places to Love. Uh, You get PBS everywhere. Check your local listings. If you happen to see it, she does a whole thing on the Jersey Shore, and part of it is on Source Brewing. I happen to be there that day for the taping. They were uh, the folks from Source, kind enough to invite me, uh, and very much to appreciate that. Um, that was great, uh, great taping, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, so a wonderful episode uh, by Samantha Browns and uh, Samantha Brown and her places to love. Uh, finally, got a chance to try the collaboration between Weldworks, uh, Firestone Walker, and our mutual friend Brewing. Knock the froth off. A well-done West Coast IPA collaboration. Three really good breweries, uh, and dare I say, Firestone Walker, great brewery, because I love a lot of what they do. Uh, This was an excellent collaboration for a West Coast IPA. Hit all the marks, spot on, uh, delicious. I'm glad they sent me two cans and not just one, because I'm going to enjoy that second can uh, this coming weekend. Flashy sweater by Source. Uh, Another close-to-perfect New England hazy. Um, I have to say, if it's my one criticism, and it's a very mild criticism of source, um, I'm getting to the point where I'm not digging triple IPAs anymore. Anything above 7%, and I'm kind of like, all right, I'll have it once. I don't know if I would dive back into it again. And I find that a lot of times my 10% IPAs sit in the fridge for a while because I don't want to drink too many of them. And so it's every couple of weeks I'll crack one, you know, because I will. Six, seven percent, right on target. That's what I like. Is that a criticism? I don't know. I just, a lot of breweries do this with these, you know, double, eight, nine, ten. I don't know. Seven percent is, is kind of right in my wheelhouse, bottom line. And then finally, uh, Pepper Mimoka Morning Bell uh, by Kane. My cousin had given me a bottle of this last year. Oh, my goodness. It's been sitting in my fridge for over a year, for almost, oh, at least a year. Still has delicious flavor. I am very impressed. It was a fantastic beer. I cracked the bottle of 375 milliliter. I drank the whole thing. It was outstanding. Pam, thank you. Kane, great job. That's their wheelhouse. Stouts, Belgians, that is their wheelhouse. I love what they do. My thanks to everyone involved in the show, including my guest, Chris Tout, the founder and CEO of Vinespring, and of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. Back Monday on the Joe Piscopo Show at 6 a.m., this has been the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Cheers, everybody. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.